Hang on. <laughs> Stu, I have pressed record. Mm-hmm. No. Do you know what number we're up to? Uh, yeah. 700 and something. This is lovely. Jeez, everybody. Trim it on. Don't mm. you talk to me like that. Mm. There we go. You all right? Mm-hmm. Drink our mutual waters. And you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, very wholesome around here. Mine, wholesome. That was wholesome. Mm, yep. Mine's beer flavoured. Yours is water flavoured. Mm, it is. Well, I'm on a diet from Monday. Good. It wouldn't be a day of the week if you weren't <laughs> saying that. Go, introduce us. <clears throat> Go! It's a stupidly small podcast. It's What is it, Lauren? Episode 700 and something. Hello. Lauren it's an Mark. episode that exists in the world. And hello, Stu Farrell. How very nice to... Oh, my God. <laughs> we don't know what to do. He's right in front of me, everyone. We're sitting literally in front of each other. Face to face. Anyway, good to be back. I said we would be back uh, next week, which was a few weeks ago, mm. and then you pulled the pin. No, so. you didn't just say it. You promised it. Ironclad guarantee. Um, there's no way we're not going to. Mm. And then you went missing for probably a month. Don't put it on me. Lauren Clark, it is good to be back. Podcasting has been quite a thing since we've been away. Hasn't it? And I'm here to state right now that mm-hmm. we are back weekly oh, from no, the... Oh, no. Don't be an absolute clown. From this point. No. Nah. Incorrect. Right. And also, uh, you know who agrees with me about all of this? Every listener we have has been in touch because I posted a photo from the pub earlier and said, Here's us and the band back together. Totally. And everyone said, Rubbish, who's this Mm. new phone, who dis, don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) etc. And uh, they don't buy it. They don't buy what it is you're selling, this whole we're going to do the podcast yet. Is this our final episode, Farrell? No. That's the big question. You should have seen his face then, everyone. You should have seen his face. Anyway, we're back. It's happening. It's good to be back, Laurie. We've got cheese. Uh, Why are you calling me Laurie? Oh, it's just our new thing. Oh, the what? air conditioner's on. I couldn't hear it and I certainly can't feel it. Prima Donna. <laughs> Prima Donna, we're eating cheese. Why is there a cheese called Prima Donna and I didn't know about it? Is it a type of cheese or is that the It's the brand? eye ties. Is eye ties. It's the eye ties, now, yeah. Don't ask, is that racist? No, no, well, I don't expect it to be racist. But I remember it from my childhood. Yes. Uh, eye ties. Oh, the eye ties this, the eye ties that. Yes. And, and it's, it's pejorative. Why so? I mean, like. Mostly because of how it's used. But Usually what, you can tell if something's pejorative. Well, but there's an argument that Aussies content. would have that. Now the term Aussie yeah. would have to have the, the same sort of uh, connotation connotation as I tie now because if if you oh, the, oh here we go oh, look you speak to any Australian that's travelled we've spoken about this before yeah uh, avoid Aussies right Oh, the bloody Aussies uh, Aussie this Aussie, oh yeah you stupid Aussie right um, and I think I tie or Aussie is the new I tie. I think it's a cute theory, but I actually don't agree with you. Because really? if you think of Aussie, what you think of is a white – you're going to break my face for this, but like Whoa. a white – I was going to say break up with me and then it sounded just wrong. Um, oh, but, so, but so break your face was a bit alternative. <laughs> right, okay. Anyway, the point is mm. – y- like the whole Aussie, Aussie, Aussie thing does <sighs> connotate, like does does bring to mind a white yobbo bloke, like mm. racist, blah blah blah. Mm. And so 
you know, like I, I don't think you can say in the same way that that's racist. Do you know what I mean? Like that those people are being but racially put upon. Come with me on this journey. Okay. Well, the eye tie thing came from what fifty sixties Australia, mm-hmm. when uh, those those uh, olive skin young men were coming to steal our ladies and take our jobs. Now, yeah, very good um, job too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as we uh, record from sunny downtown uh, near where the eye ties lived. And the thing is, <laughs> uh, true story. Where there's pizza shops on every corner here. You can say Carlton. Oh, well, I, don't know. Well, I know you're at arm's length with me, with uh, the well, world. Well, it doesn't need to be. We don't know where we're recording. We are recording in Carlton in a nice little studio in Melbourne, in Carlton. Australia. Yep. And the thing is, Lauren, mm-hmm. that uh, I would say now the white, or no, actually not white, just any Australian person right. of any colour, really, yeah. just with the accent, that has moved to New York City right. is the Italian immigrant of the 50s. In that, uh, to Australia, in that they are they are becoming very disliked in New York City. There is a, an abundance of them. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a suggestion there's jobs being taken. Uh, there is a suggestion they're like uh, what, what's that? They're all over the place. Uh, everywhere you turn, there's an Aussie. Mm-hmm. And now the term Aussie <clears throat> is being used in a pejorative sense, as you would say. In right. your smart uh, language folder. Right. Okay. So <laughs> my smart language folder is very thick. Um, yeah, I yes, I know what you mean, but I think that the that the like the racial undertones, the kind of um, yeah, the, the fact that there were in the in the Itai kind of side of things, the Italian, all of the kind of racist overtones that went along with that were just really gross. Whereas I think if you're you're kind of punching up if you're thinking an uh, your Yobbo Aussie, you think I think so. Like I think there's something. It's slightly different to say, oh, there are all these Aussies in London, for instance. You know, mm. they're everywhere. London more sucks more Australians, Australians in London than there are in Australia. All that stuff. But like, I, is that true? I Go hate to say no. <laughs> uh, Hey, what are your thoughts on London just out of interest? Because personally, yes. it's one of those cities that if you're not a billionaire, it's it's a, a terrible city to be in. So what my dad always said about oh, London okay. is that like you you don't want to be poor in London. No. And it's like a, it's a city where that kind of class system is just so entrenched into like every element of everything. You can buy chips. Yeah. Cheap. Yeah, that's it. you can buy it. a lager. Well, you know the thing you were just saying about the Aussie thing? I had a thought about that. In relation to, on the weekend, have you got your, where's the ding? On the weekend, I went to New Zealand. Oh, oh of course you did. Um, well, was it a day that started with S? <laughs> Shut up. Went to New Zealand. Is that even, is that even a thing? <laughs> no. And I've been to New Zealand I'm just, twice. I'm just going to slice the, the last, prima donna here. Yeah, you talk. slice some prima donna over there. Anyway, went to New Zealand, and it was the weekend. It was the Saturday after the Friday when the Christchurch thing happened. Friday, yep. Um, and it was a very weird time to be an Australian in New Zealand. Did you notice at the airport was there a everything sense was, of anything? Everything was was intense. Mm. Um, but the thing that I noticed on the way there was so it was fresh, right? It had happened on the Friday night. This was the Saturday morning. We're at the airport, obviously going to New Zealand from Australia, mm. and I noticed like a 400% increase in people being kind to one another. Like really nice. And not just, oh, is this through my... uh, No, this was like 
On the way the, to. Yeah, hmm. in the Melbourne airport on the way to. So when I was in the gate, you know, lounge, hmm. so it's like everyone here is kind of going to New Zealand. We all right. know that. And okay. like, um, and there was a person ahead of me and I left my, because I'm an idiot, I left my passport on the scanner. Because now there's a scanner. There's not a person who looks at you passports there's a scanner okay. thing and so I popped it on the thing and then the person behind me was like yo you forgot your and I said oh thank you so much to this like older woman and she put a hand on my arm and she said um well we all have to look after each other don't we and it was like she had tears in her eyes like it was mm. what, it was, was that she a Kiwi or Australian? kind of she was an Aussie I think yeah don't say Aussie Australian she was an Australian Aussie but anyway so so you are heightened, you have a heightened sense of where you're from and where you're going and like how, what your kind of mm. nationhood is when you're traveling anyway, but particularly something like this, right? Where first of all, here's this, um, you know, atrocity that occurs perpetuated by an Australian man, allegedly. Then you have a, um, followed up immediately by a very helpful statement put out by an absolute turkey who's been voted in by 18 people, um, who puts out a statement on the, you know, crest of arms, the Australian, uh, you know, parliamentary letterhead that says really horrible things. Um, and so... those things kind of become an act of political violence or political – it's just everything – it just brings up – you just feel weird being Australian in that context when you're landing in New Zealand. I wasn't going to Christchurch. I was going to Auckland. But anyway, so I, uh, I – we go there and then the egg boy thing happens. Egg boy? And I – there were a few people who in my timelines who were like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't meet violence with violence. Can I just just stop you there with the egg boy? Yes. Uh, Can we just stop with you shouldn't smash people over the back of the head with eggs or you Mm. shouldn't be out? It is fairly obvious that that the the politician you referred to, who Mm. uh, as a a, uh, podcast uh, official policy we won't mention by name. No. uh, But uh, we we can call him Dr. A. Oh, no, no, doctor's a bit... Mr. 18. He's not a doctor. Let's call him Turkey Number One. All right. Yep. Turkey, turkey number, one. number One. Yep. So Turkey Number One cops an egg on the back of the head from a young seventeen-year-old uh, chap. Yep. Uh, who's now been dubbed Egg Boy. Yes. Uh, and I've, I've gotten a bit tired of Egg Boy as well. By the way, it's in, I follow well, him straight away once, on Instagram. once once something once something little and democratic happens in social media. All of a sudden, old media jumps upon it and saturates the universe with oh, it. But even and social media is getting tired now. Yeah, I know. But, only... but but I have to say the symbolism of those two of Apes. those two acts being uh-huh. the first two that I just mentioned, the mm. atrocity itself, followed by Turkey number one backing it up with a horrible double down of yeah. awfulness. Yeah. It was so incredibly symbolically important, I thought. That Egg Boy did what he did. That Egg Boy did what he did because he was a nobody. He was a young kid and we'd had them all the day before protesting against um, global warming and that had been slightly over... You know, overshadowed Over by egg. what happened. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and what was so your thoughts on the, the kids protesting? By the way, bloody good on them. Good anyway, on. did you did you participate, or well, because I suppose you're in the middle of getting ready to go? I was, there. yeah, I was doing a bunch of stuff that day. Just, so you didn't care about the environment. Yeah, so <laughs> I was busy that day, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? Anyway, point is, when the egg boy thing happened, 
it was I felt like genuine relief like it just the tension went out of the Everything a little bit because it was a well, egg boy didn't you see the headlock he got put in by yeah the, the I know monkeys? and I, I I think that was symbolic as well it I was. think it was genuine and it was it's symbolic that Turkey number one was elected by eighteen people if you don't know what we're talking about I'd well, be Turkey un, number I'd one be surprised surpassed, but, well didn't uh, Turkey one who he replaced wasn't he like a dozen people like right. how are these people getting in is this, no, this no, bloody it's preference, preference thing this yeah. guy should be he's the one that should be getting egg yeah. egg the preference whisper yeah. um, we're making a call out to egg boy today <laughs> go and find what's his name Dale Crover or whatever his oh, name oh, is I know oh, Dale Crover um, I think it's the drummer for the Melvins um, <laughs> whatever his name is egg um, he, he works with Darren Hinch uh, I, I'll, I'll look I'm it up. Too busy doing the primavera or whatever it is. What oh, no, it gives us lots of prima donna while you're at it. <laughs> Darren Hinch pre- preference. Anyway, whatever his freaking name is, he's the one that should be getting egged because even though he's not doing anything illegal, mm. uh, he's really um, uh, peanut peanutifying the parliament. Is <laughs> yeah, that a thing? No, he totally is. Yeah, I well, it it is now. <laughs> Remember we law school? Remember peanutifying? That was a big one. <laughs> When we met at law school. Law school would have been much more fun if you were there. Anyway. Well, this yeah. um prima donna is nice. Anyway. Mm. So. Ah, uh, such and such Drury. Okay. Good story. Anyway. So. Glenn Drury. On the way. So that was my experience there, mm. right? And then I, and I genuinely think it was very important on a symbolic level that yeah. that happened. Because it was an act from an Australian. It was an act from a person who was like not in power and the person who was in power was like improperly in power and so it kind of there was something just perfect about it right then I get the I get the plane back so you know literally I was there overnight by the way Stuart is right now (laughs) trying to avoid chewing on Mike as a result of which his chair is moving around in a way that makes it sound like he might be farting so it's uh (laughs) it's <laughs> it's anyway. Well, I put a, I put a crisp rather than a prima donna in my mush. Right. Well, that'll do it. Anyway, on the way back, right? I'm waiting in the the like the line to get my. I've dropped my bags off because mm-hmm. I had luggage, so I dropped them off. And there were there was a queue full of people, and there were two people who everybody was just a bit wary of, and I noticed it immediately, and I'm. I'm sure I'm not wrong because I actually heard some people talking about them. And there were these two people and everyone was like, oh, do we really have to get on a flight with those two? And they were old, white, white-haired, really racist-looking dudes who looked like Australian racists. Like they had, you know, the stars <laughs> tattooed on themselves. They had like... The Southern... With the Southern yeah, Cross, Yeah, that mean? sort of thing. They had like... They had this like... And they had this furious look on their faces and it got so intense when there was this family um, speaking Mandarin who was right near them and they were talking quite loudly and these guys, like their shoulders went up to their ears. They were like so uh, – they, they looked like they were about to turn around and punch them. Like it was mm. – and you could see – it was just this hate and you could see it in their – in everything about them, and but it was did you that misread it? Aussie thing. No, I don't ah, think right. I did. Right? I thought, you, I thought it was going to be like a happy. No, and here. then later in the train, there were these Islander blokes who were like, you know, as white as they were, tall, kind of like big, mm. tough guys. Said bro a lot. Said bro a lot, mm-hmm. and they sat in like that middle bank together. There were four of them, 
in the plane and they were racist the whole time. They were Kiwis, but they were racist the whole time about Asians, right? Hmm. So, and there was, so on the way back, it was interesting because on the way there, there was all this love and like, we all love each other. We need to help each other out kind of thing. And on the way back, Everyone was kind of edgy because there were these two well, old blokes. back to racist scum town. And then, yeah, totally. Just dump off the racists. But then yeah. also there were some Kiwis there who were doing similar things. And it was just, it was one of those things where I, I was like acutely aware of, of, of like the differences, that, the different statuses that you get, that you get accorded by what's in your passport for starters. Mm-hmm. But also like how... That just that kind of how hate how it becomes hate so quickly, and it's interesting that the word, you know, that it's called Islamophobia and it's called even like homophobia and stuff because because it is fear. Like you actually, I looked at those two old dudes hating that that family speaking Chinese people, Chinese, right? I just and and I thought. You can't stand it. You can't bear it. You're about to explode. You're about to turn what, around and. And what is it? Is it just the fact that it's loud, or is it something they can't understand? It's they can't or understand. Do, do they represent the people that they see in the city it, the whole time, what, and they don't know, and they're not keeping yep, up with the change of the they city? They don't get it. They don't. There's something that they don't understand, and this is what. Like I remember my grandma telling me what it was like when, as you say, the eye ties, mm. which my grandmother never used that phrase, but my grandfather, who was a Kiwi incidentally, just by the by, it doesn't mean anything, but he was, he, so, so this is kind of like, he wasn't the Aussie version of this, but he co- he went to World War II. In fact, he was in World War II in Italy mm. and he called them eye ties Is that right? and quite rudely mm-hmm. um, and but you know when questioned beyond just that very surface level <laughs> thing <laughs> he didn't have a, a great deal to back him up but mm. but this is because it does come from a place of fear so anyway my point is my, I remember my grandma saying people were furious with the Italians, because they spoke loudly, mm-hmm. they used their hands a lot, they were speaking all the time. Sometimes it looked like they were being rude and, you know, saying horrible things about you. They dress Whereas snappily. actually they say hello and it's like using their arms a hello! lot. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah. it's not like that. But you well, know what is. I mean? It's it like... Is. It is. <laughs> right. It's but so, that, it's, so it's exactly the same thing. It's what was annoying these people at the airport was the loud talking that they found suspicious and they didn't understand and it made them think weird things and grandma said no one had ever had garlic before so they'd mm. say they smell funny I'm sorry, like mate, just that was the sausage rolls at the <laughs> <pub>. <laughs> you did have a few sausage rolls at the bar in fact i i'd be remiss to not say that you had some steam dim sims too, didn't you? Can I just recommend the Commercial Club Hotel? Is it Commercial Club or just the Commercial, commercial Club? The yeah. Commercial Club Hotel on Nicholson Street, Fitzroy. It's this week's stupidly small podcast sponsor because they serve <laughs> dim sims, steamed and or fried. Big hello to Patty. To order. Good luck with the uh, the neop. Or yep. Um, so the Commercial Club Hotel in uh, Fitzroy, right here in the heart of Melbourne City, full of eye ties, Chinese. Oh, wow. And the, well, I, I ate uh, sausage rolls. I had spaghetti on the menu, and I had dim sims. You did. It caters to all multicultural uh, all corners of our um, fair globe. Mm-hmm. Lauren Clark, it is true that the Chinese can be very annoying. They uh, they they talk so loud, but they talk with love. Wow. And well, it is true. That the Chinese 
can be very annoying is a phrase that somebody just said to me thinking I wouldn't notice. Have you no, have you no I must wow. say because because there's like a there's a billion of them, right? Dude. There is. And space it's a space issue. So on public transport because I, I I had to come from wow. uh, regional Victoria. Here we go. This is the today. racism I'm talking about. This See is how not it comes out. I I actually got Uber Eats last night. Oh, well. Short suit. How cosmopolitan can you get? Pork omelette. Oh, my God. No, Dude, is, if you eat their food, not their it food, doesn't the mean... Food, the that, Chinese oh food. Oh, my God. It, now, what I'm saying is it, this is a fact. I can dig that hole. In you go. Oh, this is a fact. In you go. Dig down. Spatially, Australians are, are, are used to a, a wide open brown land. Um, well, it's true. We, we used to, once okay. upon a time, pride ourselves... On the amount of space that we had around us. Over the years. <laughs> if you could see his dumb face, you would just be, anyway. Yeah. Over the years. Wow. Welcome spa- back to the Stupidly Small Podcast. That We've opened with diminished. some racism That's- and we're going to continue eating with Italian some racism. cheese, for God's sake. It's called prima donna. Oh, you're a prima donna. Over the years. Yes. Oh. Over the years, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that space around us has diminished and some people can't cope with the lack of buffer. Hence, your friends at the airport. That right. buffer has left them. Right. They don't feel safe anymore in the, the world they once inhabited. They don't feel comfortable. They don't feel in control. Then they blame the other. Yeah, because it's interesting. I was thinking the other day about that thing where you don't, and, and it, it's the same with homophobia, it's the same with sexism, it's the same with any othering. Mm. The fear, you, that when you feel the feeling of, uh, is when self-expression happens and it's so it's it's the it's people saying about um you know same-sex festivals or whatever you know what are they, they called have them now? yeah you know the mardi gras mardi gras saying about the mardi gras i just wish they well, hang wouldn't... on but same-sex festivals mardi gras <laughs> <laughs> Said by the straightest two people on planet <laughs> yeah. Earth. Well, you yeah. know those. <laughs> you know those same-sex same festivals. festivals. <laughs> a lot of them wear pink pants. I've been to the Mardi Gras many times. Yeah, but at the same time, Mardi Gras Twice. wasn't necessarily. Yeah. Um, oh, you're talking about New Orleans. It wasn't a same-sex festival. Oh, I know. I'm just. So I think saying, it's a, uh, I'm saying that that thing where they say, you know, where where a homophobe will say, I don't I'm mind. Not gay, but. Yeah, true. But also, I don't mind so long as they keep it to themselves. Like, why they have to push it into my face? It's exactly their sexuality, their Mm. their expression of who they are. And so, and it's the same with women. As soon as women are like, so that's why comedians like who I'm. Remember, I talked on this podcast before about people like Amy Schumer and people like that, whose whose comedy I don't necessarily love but whose right to do that comedy I fully support because it's gross-out comedy. And yeah, how is Schumer's career going? I don't know, actually. Seems to have sort of... No, nah, well, she's was having going a baby. Well, like, she's preggers. What was her show called? Uh, in Bed with Amy Schumer or I'm, I'm with yeah, Amy or like whatever that. it is. And I, I didn't mind that show. Right. And then she put out a couple of movies... And, yeah, and then and I think she's fine. Went critically well received or whatever, and then seemed to cop a barrage of garbage. Yeah, well, no, she's she's copped it because she's done the white feminist thing a bit. Like she's can't get her out of, out of her own way with just kind of going off half cock. She hasn't. There are a few things she hadn't thought through terribly well, right. much like your Lena Dunham kind of approach to things. But I don't point, understand what you're talking about. But I'm going to say, yep, of yeah. course, I'm in Carlton. I Intersectionality, get it. Yeah. Stu. Anyway, excuse me, what? Would you say Nicholson and what? <laughs> nice. 
anyway, point about Amy Schumer is that thing where she does gross out comedy and she mm. does like, you know, talks about sex, talks about bodily functions, things like farting. that. Farting. All that. She Farting? Farting. She does that. <laughs> you should see. Uh, this is all the stuff you miss. This is it. When, when we do our uh, transcontinental um, mm-hmm. pod, podways, yeah. uh, you know, you miss the, the, the Having you in front of me uh, yeah. oh, to yes. just the, the, completely. It yeah. is quite different doing a podcast with you in the same room, isn't it? I don't know. I've always done it with me in the same room. Very good, Stu. Do you know what I mean? It's a different experience. Might not be a different well, experience is. for the listener. No, no, But for it us feels it different for us. Doesn't sound any different. Mm, I wouldn't be surprised if people can pick up on one or two things. Anyway, was I telling you? Oh, yeah, Amy whatever. Schumer Who cares? Was the point is, people expressing their own otherness and like flying their freak flag high or whatever Thanks. is actually um, the thing that irks. People the most, and that's actually so their pride in who they are is what bothers people rather than what they do. You know what? I, well, but that's that's how people think of it. But actually, what it is is it's it's an expression of otherness that actually really annoys people. Mm. And I think like everyone's got it in them. So there's a little exercise that I did to myself the other day. Oh, hang on, <laughs> and it was as follows: I was in a bad mood. Right. And I was on public transport. Oh, good. That's right? Good Great combo, yeah. right? <clears throat> and I thought, no, here is an opportunity to, because my big, probably like the thing that's the worst about me, and there's a lot of well, there's a lot. stuff what's, to get what's through. What's on top of the pile? But one of the key main things is impatience. I would have thought it was your inability to share. So nice to be in the same room as you, Farrell. My inability to share. Well, you know, I mean, I've, as you know, I've got a housemate and uh, I had to uh, train my housemate mm. to share her food. Yeah. And I, don't I think, share my food. You're not a food sharer. Although I am, I am I'm chowing down on your prima donna. Totally. What are you talking about? Anyway. Chowing down on your prima donna. <laughs> Boys, what are you so talking anyway, about? So, what was your what was no, your self determined uh, worst? Uh, I'm worst impatient, person? right? Oh, really? And as when a, you met us at the pub today with that fire in your eyes, I wouldn't have ever have thought that. Go, can, Would you like me to take the listener through the story? No, I don't think anyone's very interested. No, I don't think they are either. But let me just say that when I arrived with the fire in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a defence to murder, which I'm very grateful <laughs> does not now exist because it was very sexist, mm. called provocation. I think I probably would have got off on that one today. Well, I realised I hadn't seen you for months and, and uh, the, the icy reception I got uh, <laughs> indicated in no uncertain terms that I was in a lot of trouble. Uh, talk about icy reception. Here we are. Shall we discuss <laughs> the last six months? Anyway, Farrell, mm. what are we talking about? Your uh, your bad habits. Bad habits. So impatient. Mm. So sitting on the train, tra- it was the was it the train or the train? Train. Or whatever. I was sitting in public transport, and I was in a bad mood, and everyone was annoying, and everything was the worst. Oh. And I also know that I'm in that I'm a grumpy, impatient person. We all know that. Surrounded by people who are more patient than I am, right. and it is something that I really wish I could overcome. 
And in my calm moments, I can totally rationalise, like talk, talk my way through being that calm person. But in my impatient moments, all of that goes out the window. So I thought, well, here's an impatient moment. I'm feeling hot and annoyed and late and these people are being the worst. That person's like clipping her toenails or whatever's going on on public transport. And so I thought, imagine yourself, because I know I've talked to you before about the whole public transport thing where you go, where you look at the um, carriage you're in in the train or whatever Mm. and you go, if everything except this carriage in the train disappeared and it was just us, and that was the whole worst. The whole rest of our future was just the people in this carriage. Who would be your buddy? Who would you be wary of? Like I, I often do, do that, like post-apocalyptic thing. Oh. I just always have. Okay. I can't remember why. There must be a reason. But because you're sick, crazy. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, so with this one, I went okay. In this carriage, imagine yourself into. The person who is the least like you. Imagine yourself into the most annoying person, the most mm. aggressive person, the most like the person who you would like try and be away from. And if you try and do it, it's actually interesting how like it can kind of shift you a bit. I promise Your you. Your mental state, you mean? Yeah, well, totally. Look, it's interesting you bring because I, since we've been apart, um, I've had to concentrate on mindfulness and, and you know have a reason to get out of bed and um <laughs> obviously that yeah, must be tough yeah. yeah and so i i fully uh, although i don't do it the same way as you do mm. uh, i am now into affirmations as i mentioned oh this is i the... am now into mindfulness i am now into <gasps> to, to gratefulness um and i need Are definite you, focus and planning oh yeah i've now discovered that i am a human that cannot function without structure. And so I. We knew this, didn't we? Yes. And so today, for instance, mm. uh, I'm not being my best because my structure is a little bit out of the window. Right. I'm I see. A beer. Yeah. Maybe eating a little bit of food I don't normally eat that yeah. should, that's not in the program. Um, <laughs> the program. On my own, you know, made up program. Yeah. And, but I must say, there is something to be said for. Look, and I, I say this to my dear housemate. Mm. Thank you, Lauren Clyde. Yes. Uh, the world, now I'm not sure if I've said this on the podcast, mm-hmm. but the world that we live in is the world that comes from inside you. And so however you want to view the world is the world you're going to receive. Wow. But it is true. I'm going to remind you of that next time I get a really narky text from you. <laughs> when was the last time you did? <laughs> I'll just scroll up for three <laughs> seconds. Um, but... That's interesting because I think that thing of like if you – and actually you see it as mo- as with most things that kids do. You see you, you see some obvious kid behaviour and you name the kid behaviour mm. and then you go, oh, that's very familiar. Like it's interesting how adults mm. – so things like, yeah, um, if you lean into a feeling, like this is something that I think it's very – I can s- – it's enticing to, if you start feeling angry or sad or something like that, sometimes, like with sadness, for instance, sometimes you might want to lean into that feeling. It's okay it, to be sad, by the way. Totally. Anger, not so much. I mean, you're allowed to be angry. Everyone's allowed and, to be angry. And but something, a lot of things will ang- anger you, of course. Mm. Or, 
Frustration, I suppose. Control it though, or identify what it is that's angering you. Yeah. Either fix it. Yeah. Or extinguish it. And yeah. by extinguish, I don't mean in a violent way. <laughs> Just move on past it. Resolve it within yourself. You do mean in a violent way, Lauren Clark. We have to move on. <laughs> we we have to extinguish this podcast. We and do. How do our I have dear... to put that lasagna in the oven in this Carlton studio that we're this, in? This, yeah. This, meat-free abomination that still gets passed off as lasagna. How do the listeners get in uh, contact with us, Lauren Hello Clark? to our vegetarian listeners uh, this well, evening. one of you. Stuart Farrell, they can find us at stupidlybig, stupidlybig.com, stupidlybig, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and iTunes. We can still leave us a review. Well, uh, why hasn't anybody left us a review? And a six-star rating. People have Four actually. Do you know oh. people have been – and look, I have to say a big apology to all of the listeners who have been like, – you know, there have been a few times where I've gone, oh, well, that's it, we're out. And then just, I've never everybody, dead, everybody, just No, but in terms of the listeners effing off. like. Oh, yeah, of course. But they're actually, yeah, like as soon as you – yeah, well, sure, but they're, they're not. To to they're going, hi, <laughs> what the hell's with you, morons? You know what we've stuff? got, though? 700 odd episodes. So, what happens is people just revisit the back catalogue. Do they? Well, that's what the messages I've been receiving. No, there have been lots of people saying that. There have been a few people who've only recently discovered it. Hello to the new listeners. You've got two years How hilarious. <laughs> Stuart Farrell, I'm not going to say I'll see you tomorrow, but I will see you again soon. I'll see you during the week. Anytime you want to come to Melbourne. To the big smoke and have 57 beers and then come and do a podcast with moi. I'm your girl. Come and say hello. Okay, so you'll drink beer with me? I have done so today. Well, I'm saying that might make Melbourne worth visiting again. Oh, really? That's been the problem, has it? No beer in the studio. We could have fixed that months ago. (laughs) Stuart Farrell, it's been excellent to talk to you. Uh, We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.